welcome to the Child of the Library podcast, where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Incredible, episode number 10 already, and finally in the double digits. What a great companion this little project has been. For this special episode, I was wondering what I should talk about. Should I maybe do another tag, more cross-media adaptations? But no, I decided to do another episode that helps you to get to know me a little bit better. Today, I want to talk about why I read in foreign languages. What was the thing that first got me there? And what were the factors that hooked me to keep the habit up? And as so many things that turned out well at the end, my foreign language reading journey started with a very deeply rooted reason that I wanted to be different than the other people at my school. <laughs> I know this sounds a little weird, so let me elaborate on that a bit. For everyone who does not know, I am German, so when I talk about reading foreign languages, I include English in there as well. And the place where I went to high school was actually quite focused on mathematics and natural sciences. Of course, we did have language classes, and they were good too, except for the required reading choices, as you know, but I already talked about that in my reading journey episode. But you could feel that they were definitely not a priority for the school and also for most of the students. So of course you had the people here and there who were very interested in languages also outside of the classroom, but they were clearly in the minority. So as a teenager, walking through life believing that I knew a lot about it, but not really knowing anything, I tried to find the thing that I'm really good at. As I'm not really skilled at higher mathematics, foreign languages were the sort of escape for me. Especially because my school also had a Chinese class they offered, which for me back then was one of the most exotic languages and definitely a big reason to wanting to go to the school in the first place. Because this is definitely not a staple in the German high school curriculum. <laughs> and as I got to appreciate foreign languages more and more in class, I wanted to also incorporate them in my daily life. Partly, as I said, to distinguish myself from other students who had other hobbies in their free time. But then I made a huge mistake. I wanted to read the wrong books in my spare time. At least the wrong ones for me personally at that time. Because I was simply not ready to appreciate them fully. And the thing is, back then I did not have an e-reader. There were no e-reader apps on our phones because we did not have smartphones yet. You read what you physically had on your shelves. So when I realized that I was not enjoying these books to their full potential, I thought I did not have other reading materials at hand. But the most stupid thing about this story is that my school actually had quite an extensive library. And of course, most of the books were mostly specialist books or especially for school. But in my last few weeks at high school, when our schedules were not that tight and we had more free time and the exams were over, I took the time to actually explore the library more and also look at the shelves very close to the ceiling. And there were actually quite a few novels some of them also in English, that I could have used and read instead of the books that were not really enjoyable for me at that time. So here is why I tell that whole story. When you have a setback within your hobby, may it be that you don't find the right books for you at the time, or that you are puzzled by something you can't figure out, or that you are stuck in one place and it seems nearly unachievable to improve and move forward, try to take a step back and really explore 
all your possibilities and resources. For me, it was quite unfortunate that I discovered the potential for private reading of our library so late in my school time. But when I finally had that realization, and maybe you sometimes need these extreme moments of realizing your own dumbness. <laughs> That's a very blunt but effective way to put it, <laughs> to really take a lesson from it and incorporate it and do better in your future life. I learned to take a step back, look at all my resources available and make choices based on the full picture. And because this realization came to me through our library and it had quite big of an impact on how I handle my life even up to this day, looking back at this really made my grown-up self sort of a child of the library. So you see, this is where it gets really deep and where you see that I clearly thought a lot about this podcast project before I started it. Because for me personally, the title has had a double meaning all along apart from the meaning that most people would interpret. So now you know the real reason why I chose it. So as I said, I read the wrong books at that time. I'm pretty sure that some of you have also had that when you knew that the book could be something that you enjoyed, but in that point in your life it is simply not right for you. One of these books for me was The Oxford Murders by Alex de la Iglesia. I have to admit I had seen the movie and I thought that would make it easier for me to read it because I really enjoyed it. But this was the book I read during my first weeks of high school. And as you know, these are times where your mind is scattered everywhere because of all the new impulses you get from the outside. And we suddenly had so much required reading to do for school for all of our language classes. As I already did a lot of reading of books I did not really enjoy in my free time and then I added this very thrilling crime story of an Oxford University mathematician and his professor trying to solve a series of murders that was based on a mathematical phenomenon which I also read in English which is a foreign language for me and it took me quite long to read it because my brain was so exhausted from all the other books I had to read. It is really not that long but it felt like a brick to get through. But this was the first book I read in English for fun, so I did not want to quit on it. But I definitely could have gotten more enjoyment out of it had I waited a few years. I mean, I was 15 and reading this book in a foreign language at that time is quite dense. I should have just looked around, see what my peers read and see whether I like that. But then again, you mostly meet in school and you don't know everybody so well that you know what their private to be read pile looks like. So yes, high school struggles. But if you can get recommendations from your friends and family, from the internet, I mean by now we have incredible resources to inform ourselves. Do a bit of research up front and try to find the book premises that really interest you and that you might like and try to seek out these books for your next reads especially. This research has helped me to really curate a stack of books that I want to read that really excite me and most of the time don't let me down. Of course, it can happen, there's no real way around that, but by now I seem to know quite well what literature I enjoy and I can give most of my books 4 out of 5 stars after reading them because they are all chosen with care. If you want more tips on how to get back into reading, just check out my episode number 4. But as you can see, my foreign language reading really kicked off towards the end of high school, at least in terms of English. 
And even then, there were setbacks. I remember that I really wanted to read something from Jane Austen. Because I simply wanted to know why her books are so acclaimed, even though they are so old. And also why they still seem to be so relevant, even though times have changed so drastically, especially for women. So I tried to read Emma one summer and I can clearly remember this scene as if it were yesterday. I was on holiday with my parents and we were on a boat trip along the shoreline and it was so hot that day. So while the hot air and the up and down of the waves already did their fair share to lure me to take a nap on deck, Emma did not really excite me enough back then to keep me awake. This is hilarious. I can remember actually having that thought when I was so close to falling asleep. But well, you know, now nine years later I have taken up Emma again and I'm really enjoying it and I want to try to read most Austen books this year. So there are definitely some things that you first need to grow into and there's absolutely no shame in that. The most important thing is that you do not feel discouraged and if you think that this hobby will bring you joy if you just find the right piece of it that really excites you, then keep on looking and I'm pretty sure that you will find something you love. After all, at least in terms of reading, the vast selection that we have in books that sometimes might seem a bit overwhelming is also the reason why reading can be such a universal hobby that can hold something for everybody. And because by now so many books get translated into different languages, I'm very sure that there will be a book you enjoy waiting for you in the language of your choosing. But let's chat about other languages really quickly. My second foreign language is French and luckily we had a teacher who really wanted us to read a lot. Mainly economic articles and also books, so we did get quite accustomed to seeing the language written in word. Unfortunately, French is one of those languages that I can still read pretty well and also my listening comprehension is not bad. But when it comes to reading it in my free time since school or even listening to an audiobook, I don't know, it has never stuck out to me. Not because I did not want to, but one of the main reasons that I wanted to read in foreign languages was so that I could read the text in the language that they were written in. So for me personally, it would not make sense to read a book originally published in German or English in French just for the sake of reading it in French, if I could also read it in the original language, if you know what I mean. So, so far, not a lot of French books have crossed my path that I am really interested in, but lately a fantasy series called La Passe Miroir has caught my eye. And even though the four books in the series are quite big, I think this is a foreign language project that I want to tackle. In this world, the earth was ruptured and only these floating islands called arcs exist that are inhabited by people. Our main character, Ophelia, is living on one of them with her family and one day she gets told to go to another arc and marry a member of a powerful clan situated on that floating island. As you can imagine, she's not very pleased with this outlook and things spiral from there. So this sounds more like a story that I can get behind and plow my way through it, even though it might take quite a while for me to read, because it is not a language that I'm very accustomed to. <sighs> oh dear, it is going to take me so long. I should probably read it on my e-reader, because there I have the built-in translation and explanation if I do not know a word. 
I think that will come in handy. But I tell you, this will be such a challenge for me. But you don't grow without challenges. So ask me again in a year or so, okay? And now my last language, Chinese. I mean, I did take Spanish in middle school, but it was just for a year and then I swapped it for Chinese in high school. And even though I still understand quite a bit also lending from my French vocabulary, I would not be able to read a full book and really comprehend what is happening in Spanish. <laughs> so coming back, Chinese. I know this might be a rather unusual choice of language, but I can pinpoint the exact moment in time when I realized that this is something that I wanted to learn. As you might have heard in one of my earlier episodes, I was a competitive swimmer in middle school. And so I watched the 2008 Olympics with even more investment than maybe a lot of other people do. My mom was always very fascinated by Asian cultures and she passed that on to me. But as Chinese culture back then was something you mostly saw in magazines or in TV documentaries, it was also very distant. And when I saw the opening ceremony and then the interviews with the sports people that were competing in Beijing, I was in complete awe when I came across the German fencer Britta Heidemann, who was fluent in Chinese, won the gold medal in Beijing and was even invited on Chinese television because she was fluent in Chinese. And seeing her talking and communicating with these people on the other side of the globe really made me realize what a wonderful thing it is to learn other languages and finally be able to understand people from totally different nations than you. So I thought that this would be something that I wanted to learn too. A language so exotic that I could understand people on the other side of the earth, so of course I enrolled in our Chinese class in high school. Thinking back on the Olympics, there's actually another funny memory that comes to mind, which relates back to English again, but I think it fits perfectly here. So as some of you might remember, the Olympics in the year 2000 were in Sydney. And maybe also some of you remember the theme song of these Olympics. You had the classic Australian didgeridoo sounds, but also a full choir singing, and then one soloist singing his lungs out. It was actually a really great song. <laughs> wow, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. So anyway, back in 2000, I was six years old, okay? So I knew a bit of English, but by far not enough to even understand one sentence of what they were saying. And as it goes, the Olympics are over, years go by, and you never have an occasion to hear that song again. And then for the 2012 Olympics, so in the year when I graduated from school, they did a ranking of all the greatest Olympic theme songs. And I heard that song again and I had that crazy memory coming back to my mind of me as a six-year-old sitting on the floor in front of the TV in my grandparents' home asking them what the people on the TV were singing because they sounded so invested in what they sung and my grandparents did not know it either. And then me not even having to translate the words in my head anymore because this language felt so natural to me back then already and understanding everything they said in 2012, it really made me emotional and realized that even though it seems like you do not learn a lot from year to year, looking back on it, you really come far. It was a, it was a crazy moment for me, guys, this realization. Wow, <laughs> I didn't plan on this digging so deep into my past. Okay, <laughs> maybe let's get back to Chinese language, because that's where we left off. 
So, I learned Chinese for three years in school, went to China for a half year and I can say that my understanding is still pretty okay because I'm regularly training that. My grammar and talking is also still fine, even though it is of course not as refined or without restraint than when I was living in China. But reading? Oh, guys, reading Chinese characters is hard, even when you are in full training and you have regular classes. So keeping that habit up as an adult is really, really hard. When I was in a bookstore in Beijing, they still made me feel welcome as every bookworm feels welcome in a bookstore, but I always felt a bit weird not being able to read what the titles were saying. So what I want to do is to at least read a story for kids that is based on the real world because you know sometimes when you read these beginner stories and if it is targeted at children they always have some magical realism or fantasy element and you are constantly questioning yourself did i just read that right did this really happen did i skip a character and didn't grasp the meaning of the word so if i do that i want to at least have a sort of guided tour if you will with some explanations etc i downloaded the ebook for the secret garden which is a children's classic that is in that format especially written in order for students with not the biggest reading vocabulary to grasp Ugh. It is sometimes very frustrating if you learn a language and your hearing and speaking skills are better than your reading comprehension like it is in my case here. But guys, it is better to start low and work your way up rather than start too high and then get discouraged. I did that with my free time English books as I told you earlier and it didn't do me any good. <laughs> But you might ask yourself, Thanks, Marijke, for sharing your stories and why you started to read in foreign languages. But why did you think about this topic in the first place? And right, you are. That is a very good question. <laughs> I had the idea to this episode when my fiancé and I watched a series called Voria that is inspired by the writings of Bruce Lee. It is a very, very cool series. I can definitely recommend it. But unfortunately, they decided to discontinue the series after season two. So there are cliffhangers and it's very disappointing to never find closure. But there's one scene that really stuck out to me. First of all, the general premise. It is San Francisco in the 1900s, where cheap Chinese workers come from overseas to help build the San Francisco cable car. Chinatown is formed and apart from laboring with steel, also other jobs arise. For example, concerning trade, which also sparks gangs to form and to rival against each other. As it happens, of course, there are some arguments and quarrels between them, so police need to patrol the streets of Chinatown as well as the other streets of San Francisco. And there is this one scene where we follow two of the police officers who are trying to find out when the next source of quarrel might come up from. And the answer is right before their noses because there is a giant poster advertising an upcoming fight between the two best warriors of the two biggest clans. But they just don't see it because the language barrier is simply too great. And I could totally feel them because there are so many Chinese characters and some of them look very similar and are 
hardly distinguishable only by the tiniest of strokes but give it a totally different meaning and seeing that really made me think back on my time in China where I felt okay because I already knew a lot but there was still so much I could not yet understand because there was so much to learn. So yes, three languages. One that I already read extensively, two that I gave myself a reading challenge for to improve on them, and one little motivated reader with not enough time on her hands to read all the books that she wants. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> Today we are skipping the meet the character section because, to be honest, it would come a bit out of nowhere for this more personal story time style of episode. But what we will definitely do is the section where I answer a bookish question. Because this time I had a look through them beforehand to see if one would fit and I actually found one that works very well for this whole topic. <clears throat> What book would you like to read in its original language? Now that is an interesting one. In the last few months I've made it my mission for this year to also incorporate more Asian translated literature into my reading. And while I find them very good, I always get the feeling that something is lost along the way of translating them. Just because our Western languages and the Asian languages have a very different focus and what might sound a bit weird or out of place for our ears in terms of wording as a totally common way to say things in let's say Japan. I've been reading so many novels set in Japan lately, mainly also because we really wanted to travel to Tokyo this or the next year, but oh well, let's see how that goes. So yes, all of my books set in Tokyo, like the crime novel 64 by Hideo Yokoyama, and all my Haruki Murakami books would be my pick for that question. And when we are being very honest, also my mangas, because I think reading them in their original language would bring a whole new level of enjoyment for them to the table. But mangas will be a topic in an upcoming episode, so stay tuned. So this is it guys, a little trip down memory lane for me and why I started and stuck with learning and then reading in foreign languages. Let me know on Instagram at child of the library if you are reading in any foreign languages or if there are some that you would love to be able to read in. And by the way, very new news, I now have a TikTok. So if you want to follow me on TikTok, if you use that platform, it's at child of the library podcast all in one go. I would love to see you there. And until next time, I hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye!